welcome back. I'm Ian Linder, and you're listening to the Risk-Free Podcast. As a property and casualty insurance advisor, I've dedicated my career to protecting the assets and liabilities of corporations in some of the riskiest industries out there. On each episode of the Risk-Free Podcast, we'll go in-depth with business owners and executives to discuss how they're managing some of the most dangerous risks posing a threat to their business. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Hey, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of the Risk-Free Podcast. Happy New Year to all, and I'm glad to have a special guest for our episode today. We are bringing on Tom Gallen, who is the partner and CFO of John Gallen and Son Construction. A bit about John Gallen and Son. They provide quality, cost-effective construction management and general contracting services for commercial interiors for the New York corporate community. Their clients comprise a cross-section of area businesses, including finance, retail, insurance, real estate, and law. They also have a great deal of expertise working with nonprofits and schools. Believe it or not, in 2021, they are celebrating their 135th year in business. I'm pretty excited to bring on Tom today to learn about his experience and a bit about John Gallen and Son and what they do, as well as their risk management. So without further ado, let's jump into it. All right, Tom Gallen, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy week to join me on the Risk-Free Podcast. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me in. Very excited to be here. So you have a really interesting story. You began your career in a family business at John Gallen & Son as a laborer in college. And today, your partner and CFO, as you have been for the last 20 years, in the fourth generation of family ownership, what does it mean to you to be part of such a long-held family tradition? It's pretty cool and lucky. Um, definitely lucky because I got you know born into it, which is nice. And to be able to be a part of something that has continued, which means to continue in our business means you keep on uh, supplying quality work, um, that people respect what you're doing, that they have an understanding of what it takes to get it done. And they keep coming back to you. Um, most of our clients, let's say 85 to 90% of them are repeats that go back. We have one client that goes back almost 60 years. Um, they keep on bringing one, a building owner and we keep on doing work with them for the last 60 years. But what makes our company even more special than just me being fourth generation and we do have the fifth generation working now is we have about five to six other families not related to us that are fourth, third, and second generation as well, which to me says that we provide a place to work at and a quality and something to be proud in that parents want their children to work in. And then their grandchildren work here as well. And uh, that to me speaks miles about what we do here because we, we have a, a saying here that we don't live to work, we work to live. When you started at the business, you guys had already been in business for, for 100 years. You know, you were just coming up on, on your 100th anniversary. Yeah, that was a, that was a big time. We were the, we were the first uh, general contractor in New York to hit the 100-year mark. Wow. On one hand, what I think about is the progress that was made over that 100 years 
on the other hand, the almost 40 years that, that you've been at the company have been a period where the world has transformed into such a different place to an age of new technology and new processes and innovation and different ways to handle workflow. I can't even imagine how much change has occurred over the time that you guys have been in business dating back to the 1800s. I mean, that's crazy to say. Well, you went from horses to cars. That, that was a big change. And, and from walk-ups to elevators. So instead of having, you know, eight and 10 floor buildings, you now have 100 floor buildings um, and all that, you know, and it wasn't, there wasn't a watershed moment where all, all of a sudden you have like 50 new, new things that get thrown into you. Everything's incre incremental over time. So you just adjust over time with it. And to see some of the innovations has been really cool. I mean, you know, I think a lot of new stuff is, is happening now and in the last five to 10 years um, with, you know, computers and automation and stuff like that. That's pretty cool. And then, you know, pretty soon in the next 10 years, I think you'll see big changes along the processes as well as you get into um, 3D modeling, 3D construction, where you can, you know, in 10 years from now, you can literally you know, probably print out a office front. You know, it's, it's theoretically possible. Um, so you won't have the components being, you know, built off site and brought in. You just get a big printer on the floor and you print it out. Who, who knows? You know, that things like that coming forward is going to be pretty cool. But the innovations, um, you know, it still takes, when, when I started the business, you have to level the floor and make sure everything is level. And the way you did that is you took a very long, clear hose tube and you filled it with water. Pretty much the same way they did it back 300 years ago to get, because water always finds its level. That's how it was when I started. So 300 years or so of that. And in the last 25 years, you've gone to laser beam that does the same thing now that everyone does. So, you know, the jump, you know, progresses quickly when it starts going. So, but the technology wise and stuff like that, it's, you still need people with a hammer to put in walls and to make stuff. So. Do you have any memories from your first few formative years working for John Gallon and son that mean a lot to you or that you carry with you to this day? And from, from those years to where you are now, what pushed you toward the financial side of the business? And what impact has that journey allowed you to leave on the firm? My first day working is the day I always remember. Because um, when I was, I was a college student and my dad said, go to work. And if you wanted to, he said, I wanted to go work. He said, go ahead. But I don't want to hear anything about work at home. And I don't want to hear anything about home at work. And you do whatever they tell you to do. So I'm like, okay, I can handle those few simple rules. So I go down there. And one of the biggest people I've ever met at my, at, at my life at that time gives me a scrub brush in a bucket and says, okay, go clean the bathroom. I'm like, okay. And the reason I bring that up is it didn't matter what my last name was. You have to earn your way through the business. And every day, it doesn't matter if my name is Gallon or Kondraki or Ziegler, which are the other people that work with. You know, I have to come into my day and work and earn my keep every day. Um, 
and going up through the ranks, there was no spe special privileges, you know, per se that were going. I had to, you know, do everything to work your way up. Nothing's given, but you can earn it. Um, so that, that I remember from the beginning. Um, and I learned that in, in life in general, you know, as you, because you work there, but you go do other jobs elsewhere, school work, other side jobs as you go through. And it's, you know, what you do is what matters. It's not who you are. Um, and that's the way we always treat people. Um, as far as coming into the financial business, I, I majored in uh, the financial end of the business. I majored in business in college. And coming up when I decided to make the company my life, um, when I was out in the field, they asked me to come back into the office. And my sister, who was the treasurer at the time, um, after a while decided to retire. And so that was the opening. So that's why I went into that side. It was just a natural, natural fit. That's all. No, no glorious planning or anything like that, that Machiavellian deals or anything. Uh, just with every other type of family is when there's, there's a need to be filled. She was leaving. That's the opening. You go do it. Right. I think what you mentioned about your story on your first day, scrubbing the floors, I think that is really important for the culture of a company. For people who are not a part of the family, who work for a family business, it has to help the culture of the company for people to see that nobody is getting preferential treatment, that everyone is valued equally, merit-based. I have a lot of respect for that, and I could tell that you're a humble guy, and you don't consider yourself any better than anyone else that works for your company, and that speaks volumes. I couldn't sit here if the people out in the job sites weren't far, far better than what they do than what I would be able to do. The guys we have in the field are top, top of their, the industry, and they're phenomenal. Um, so they do their part and I do my part. And as a team, you know, we're able to continue and, and satisfy the client's needs and uh, continue going as a company. So it's, any business is not an individual. It's, it's a group of individuals. And if you forget that, you're never going to succeed. Moving on to a topic that has been a major point of discussion in all my episodes to this point, which is the impact of COVID. That was a big inspiration for me to start this podcast because in this work from home world, it was a way for me to connect with people and with businesses in a way that I had never done before. And I wanted to ask you, considering that John Gallen and Son, that you perform primarily interior construction, how have you guys dealt with the risk of COVID? How has it been a factor, not only in the way that you protect and maintain safety for your own employees and your subcontractors on the job site, but also factors like ventilation systems and interior floor planning from a spatial standpoint. Are these issues that you guys have been concerned with and that your clients have been concerned with? As far as the safety part of COVID, as an industry in general, we are extremely safety conscious. Um, as glorious as our job seems, they are still can be inherently dangerous. So on our job sites, we take safety very seriously. Our subcontractors take it very seriously. And the COVID protocols just added another layer of safety that we had to adhere to. Um, so coming out of it, since we were the last industry to leave and the first industry back, uh, our people are, are really conscious because they, you know, they were right there at the, the beginnings of it. 
and they take the, the protocols very seriously. Um, in, in the beginning, it was a little slow in getting used to it you know, with all the different check-ins that you have to do now and, and the procedures and the spacing. Um, but we've flown in, we've, you know, melded into that system where, you know, you stage it properly now. So getting into buildings isn't time consuming. Um, the workflow on the floor, you address it where not too many people are congregating in one area anymore. It's now become second nature. Uh, so because of the safety issues. So this, as far as the actual work on it, safety wise, just one more thing that we have to deal with that we've successfully dealt with because knock on wood, luckily on our projects at least, uh, we've had extremely few COVID cases. Um, I don't, I think maybe one or two on site. Um, some people have gotten it, but they weren't on our sites, but you take the time tracing. But um, so the safety issue is not bad. As far as the design goes, yes, clients are looking at uh, spacing, putting up um, barriers. Uh, spacing people out more. Um, I think your designing going forward is the whole design industry is is shifting to a more spaced out uh, work environment as opposed to the bench seating, which only had four or five feet between people. Um, I think you're going to go back to, you know, I don't know. They're talking about you know going back to cubicles to a certain extent or bench seating with barriers, you know, mini cub cubicles as it would be. Um, so that, and as far as the HVAC and concern, most of your top level um, businesses are always looking to do that anyway because of all the, you know, between lead and well building, there's been a tremendous emphasis on employee comfort and health and safety um, in the design work. Um, so this is just, again, another reminder, you know, up the game a little bit uh, to things that we've already been doing as an industry. and build-outs for the last five years or so have been incorporating as much fresh air as they physically can into space, uh, better lighting. Um, you know, the, the workspaces have dispersed a little bit, but you had your huddle rooms for that. So it's going to continue that way, but the pendulum that flew back is going to come back more towards the meeting. So um, it makes everyone think about it. And, where there's been many discussions on people coming back to work and what's going to take them to come back. So I think the biggest concern is the, uh, is the, is the pantry area and the free coffee because you don't want people congregating about that. Uh, and the gyms that we've put in for people, you know, how they're going to use that. Um, a lot of corporations have, or larger corporations have gyms in their space for people to come use. So they have to regulate that now. Those are the bigger concerns. I think. Right, right. It's been a huge topic of debate. To what degree do people think that things are going to bounce back to the way that they were before? Will it bounce back to the way it was? Or are we looking at the beginning of a new way of doing things? And I think it's going to be somewhere in between. But, you know, from the conversations I've had, depending on the type of industry you're in, but I talk to a lot of people that really are dying to get back. So it's it's interesting to see what changes are being made in your industry to make that possible. But what about an increase in building materials? Are you guys seeing that? And how does that affect you and your subs in the way that you're bidding on projects? Is it just an effect on the bottom line or does it change the way you do things otherwise? It, it primarily is the bottom line. And, it, you know, it goes up and down. Um Right now, clients are always looking for the best price 
best quality at the best price, like everyone else would be. Um, those prices are increasing on certain levels, um, but like other industries, subcontractors and us, you know, we're you know kind of pressed to hold the 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 cost as it, whatever it is and absorb those increases. So like every time there's a dip in the economy or there's changes like this, there's there's a balancing act on what has to get done, and you know, corporations and subcontractors make the decisions on a job-by-job -job basis, on a relationship-to-relationship -relationship basis. Um, if they have a long-lasting relationship with someone, they may be more likely to eat a little bit of the increase because of the long-term relationship, where if it's someone new or someone not as much, they may be tempted to pass that along and say, you know, this is the cost. So it's a job-by-job a, a -job thing. Um, and you know prices always go up, you know they never ever go down. Uh, so I think the biggest problem with material is getting some of them uh, because of all the shutdowns world worldwide. There is a shortage on certain things. Um, like right now, there is a shortage on refrigerators. Can't get refrigerators in time. And is that because of the shutdown in uh, the spring and coming back with less manpower in the, in the uh, in the factories, probably, and the demand of housing, building, and that, you know, houses want refrigerators and all that too. So there's a supply and demand issue. Um, but the industry as a whole will get over it. And if you communicate with your clientele efficiently and honestly, everyone understands it because it's not like it's hidden out there. You just read the papers. Um, you get through it, and that's you know, you work as a team, and the client you're on the client's team. So you know, you do that, everything's fine. Speaking of costs that are constantly going up, the cost of insurance is a pretty major factor for you guys. It's more expensive in the city to insure a construction company than, than anywhere else in the country. We're special. Exactly. That's one way to put it. This year, we're seeing particularly large increases when it comes to liability insurance, but also the umbrella insurance market has been increasingly tough. I don't think it's ever been tougher. We're seeing companies and their insurance advisories get more creative than ever. And one thing that we've seen is programs that allow firms to take on higher deductibles to offset premium increases, thus taking on more of the risk themselves. And I guess the idea is that a firm that can take on a higher deductible is more inclined to be invested in their safety and their risk management because they have more on the line. They have more skin in the game. Is this something that you've considered? And I know we've talked about how important safety and risk management is to you and your firm, but how does it tie in to the way that you guys build that culture? I, I don't like deductibles just because it's an unknown factor out there that can sneak up on you and you never know it. As far as Having that as the impetus to be more safe, well, if, if that's the way the company thinks, that company has a big issue um, because they don't obviously care about their people as much. We take safety very seriously here and goes back to our culture of we are all, in essence, family members and either you know by blood or by history or just because you're part of their family when you, when you join John Gallon and Son. Um, you know, you, when you join, you're part of the family. Uh, so we take safety always seriously. Um, 
and uh, luckily in our, our experience, mod rate has always been well below one. Um, I think as low as we got was uh, 0.7, if a little bit lower. Um, and luckily, uh, you know, we don't have too many accidents on our jobs because uh, the last thing we ever anyone wants to see is not see one of our coworkers go home at the end of the day. Um, so for a culture that says, oh yeah, well, now I got to pay $25,000 if someone gets hurt or $10,000 or $5,000, I, I think that's just a wrong attitude to begin with. Um, yes, insurance is a getting to be a, a gorilla on our, on our industry, on our backs. Um, I've seen insurance companies and premiums put just those factors, put companies out of business just because they couldn't afford to pay that and you can't afford to you know, pass that cost along to the, to the client because um, your competitors are doing other things. You, it just can't happen. Um, and that has been a discussion that is yearly. Uh, every time I do my renewal, because my, my rates go up and I don't have any accidents, so I don't understand why that happened. So yeah, that, that's yeah, just, it's a tough part of the industry, unfortunately. Even the best of companies can have a slip up from time to time, but to be able to limit that over a long period of time, it really does come back to the culture that you maintain. And like you said, when everybody that works for John Gallon and Son is considered family and it starts from those core values, it makes it a lot easier to maintain those standards. So I hope that you guys continue to have that good fortune and maintain that culture. That's good. And, and and, and luckily, our subcontractors take that on as well. Um, we've worked with many of our subcontractors over the decades as well. Um, and they have the same attitude. And no one wants, I, our industry is inherently dangerous. It is far, far safer than it was 10 years ago, um, just because there is a de facto unsafe. Um, so I, I don't know why the insurance claims are going so high. No one wants to come and cover us. But, you know, accidents do happen, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, if you just, you know, it's simple. It's not, safety is no accident, as they say. Right. Well, I got to tell you, I've really enjoyed the conversation. I, you know, I almost forgot that we're recording this. To, to wrap things up, I just wanted to give you the floor. Whatever you feel um, needs a spotlight and, and to tell us about some of the great things going on at John Gallen and Son and what you guys envision for the future. We're, we're still plugging away. You know, we're... we're uh, we're hitting our 135th year in 2021, which boggles your mind if you th think about it. But, you know, I've only been here for, say, you know, 30 of them, so it's not that long. Um, but, no, we're good. We have, like I said, we have the fifth generation of my family. I have a third generation starting of someone else's family. Um, hopefully two other families will have their kids coming as well eventually. Um, so we're building up the process for the next 100, uh, at, least, um, at least the next 50 years. Um, can't, can't put things too far out there. But, you know, you know everyone is uh, rightly concerned now, but, you know, this is like I told people, this is about our fourth pandemic. Um, it's our countless dip in the economy. Uh, so, you know, there's no playbooks ever written, but, you know, if you keep your head about it and just do the right thing, you know, Communicate with your team members, communicate with your client, be an advocate for them, and you know, be truthful and communicate well. There's no situation you can't work out and you can't get through. So 
you know, it's, you know, people say, what's the, what's the, what's the secret sauce? Uh, it's, it's not, it's common sense, at least to me. So, but, uh, and Gallon's going to, it will be here for another 50 years. So we'll be talking about this uh, when you're hitting your retirement years, you'll be talking to one of my, uh, my cousins or nephews. I hope so. I hope so. I just appreciate um, you and, and, and the perspective that John Gallon and Sons long history has afforded you and the firm and uh, the opportunity to, to have you on and to share that with our listeners was, um, was really a pleasure. So thank you, Tom. Same here. Thank you. It was fun. It's, it's a shame it's only a three-minute thing. We could do this for an hour. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Risk-Free Podcast. For more information about how you can become a guest on a future episode or to learn more about my expertise as an insurance and risk advisor for the construction industry, feel free to hit me up at www.ianmlinder.com. Happy New Year, everyone. And until next time, be sure to keep it risk-free.